Buenos días. I am not Tom Cruise. I'm sorry if you're disappointed. But I am the Reverend Maria McCabe, and it is my very great joy and privilege and pleasure to be with you this morning on this Commitment Sunday. My preferred pronouns are she, her, and hers. Thank you, Brenna and Rob, for lining up the, uh, the stars down there. I appreciate that. I used to love Mission Impossible when I was a little kid, probably long before Tom Cruise was born. Our theme for the month of March is wisdom, which I imagine has as many definitions as, as there are human beings. But to me, wisdom is what we learn to do with the knowledge that we have. So it fits right in with our day today. This morning, I'm going to invite you, as, as Ed already laid out so beautifully, I'm going to invite you to reflect with me on the mission of this community. Not just why we are here, what brings us here, but what we are here for. Our invocation is from my colleague, the Reverend Tess Homberger, and it's called We Travel This Road Together. And if you would, when I give you the signal, would you all say with me, we travel this road together. Let's practice. We travel this road together. From the busyness of every day, we gather once a week to remember who we are, to dream of who we might become. We travel this road together. As companions on this journey, we share the milestones we meet along the way, individual moments of joy and sorrow become shared moments of comfort and celebration. We travel this road together. We share this journey across differences of belief and opinion because we value diversity and because we care for one another. We travel this road together. Today, as we take our next steps, let us notice our fellow travelers. Let us notice the burdens that they carry, the songs that inspire their hearts. We travel this road together. And as we gather in beloved community, let us open the holy havens of our hearts. Let us share the sacred places of our souls, for we are pilgrims who share a common path. And now, as loudly as you can, we travel this road together. Before I say a few words about the stewardship program and what it means to me and what this church means, I ask you to keep in mind one little saying that was my dad's. And he used to always say, you cannot sprinkle the perfume of happiness on others without spilling a few drops upon yourself. That's worded different ways, but that's the way he said it. And I was reminded of that this morning when I saw a sign in Reverend Maria's office that said, if, if you can be anything, be kind. I've been asked to tell you why I chose to become a member of UUFHC and why I continue to remain a committed member who chooses to pledge during our annual stewardship drive. 
The first thing I want to tell you is that my commitment to this spiritual community is a very intentional act. It comes from inside me, and it's nurtured by all of you. Little biography, I was born into and grew up in a very solid family religious education tradition. I received the rite of passage sacraments of baptism and Holy Eucharist and its confirmation. In my later teens, I entered a religious order of men and, and lived under vow for many years working in the Ministry of Education. Eventually, I chose to get married and then received the sacrament of marriage. Recently, I experienced a divorce and not too long after that very difficult time, I met a wonderful woman who today is an intimate partner in my continuing journey. The spiritual and personal nourishment I received and continue to receive from you, this community, has helped me to live with an attitude of gratitude and acceptance and to be thankful every day for you, for the universe in which we live, and for the gift of life. And part of that also is the urge to be of service. Reaching out to help someone else also helps you and me to be better people. Being a member of UUFHC gives me the opportunity to hang around with life-giving people. It gives me the chance to be part of a community, something bigger than myself. It is meeting new folks through circle dinners and lunch and breakfast groups with the guys, and chili cook-offs, and getting to be the bartender at the uh, auction, and all those kind of things. A number of folks, you've heard them over the last month or so, have already talked about the many opportunities we have available in our fellowship. You've also heard others talk about how getting involved in something how getting involved in something here makes you feel more a part of the community. You have heard people describe the comfort they received during difficult and sad times as well as during the good times. I want to close with a little story of the young Cherokee boy and his grandfather who was a distinguished elder of the tribe. Some of you know it, some of you may not. So the young boy asked his grandfather about how he can be a good or moral man, and the elder, man, the elder then proceeds to tell his grandson that he has within him a, a good wolf and a bad wolf, and that he must constantly be on the alert for the bad wolf because it is very clever and wily and could eat him up if he is not careful. So the young boy then asked his grandfather, Grandfather, how will I know which wolf will win? And the grandfather's simple reply was, the one you feed. Well, I'll tell you what, this is my tribe. You're my tribe. Being here helps me to feel that good wolf. Is wolf here? Oh! <laughs> Enough, enough. But being here helps me to feed that good wolf, to stay close to the earth and the magnificence of creation. As a fellow UU, 
I urge you to participate fully in the annual stewardship drive. We've got to take good care of our infrastructure, all the things that Ed talked about today, because we would like for this community to continue to be a source of life for all of us. Think of it as an investment that will continue to bring dividends. And now we will have our initial offering. Uh, this is not the stewardship one, so hang on to those big white envelopes until later. Any folding stuff you want to put in here would be good. So when, when we come together in this, in this beloved place, we make it holy by our presence. We come together to worship, to comfort one another, and to challenge one another to grow into our best selves. We bring our questions, and we bring our answers, and we bring our gifts. Friends, when you put your contribution in the basket this morning, we want you to know that on this Sunday, your gifts will be used to help fulfill the mission of this beloved congregation. Your contributions, in addition to your many generous pledges, will help guarantee that this fellowship will continue to bring its life-affirming message to our community for a long time to come. So for the gifts which we are about to receive and the gifts which we ourselves are, may we be truly grateful and may we be committed to using these gifts to make a difference in the world, to increase love and justice, to decrease hate and oppression, to expand beloved community, to share and to keep sharing as long as ever we can. Amen and blessed be. Our reading this morning is entitled Strangers at the Door, and it's by the Reverend Erica Hewitt. And she begins with a famous saying by the Saint, Saint Francis of Assisi, who said something along the lines of, share the good news at all times. When necessary, use words. Ding dong. When my friend Beth answered her door one day, she found a pair of earnest Mormon missionaries, young men wishing to chat with her about their religion. Beth being Beth, she invited her visitors in, listened to what they had to say, and in response, shared her good news, her beliefs about justice and about inclusion her beliefs about being responsible for the most vulnerable among us of countering oppression with love. The point wasn't to change their minds, and the missionaries must have realized that they weren't going to change hers. Beth's intention was to create a moment of connection beyond or in spite of opposing beliefs. At the end of their visit, one of the Mormons asked, Shall we pray together before we leave? Yes, said Beth. I'll go first. And so she said a prayer, and then the missionary said a prayer, and they parted ways. Days went by. The weather grew oppressively hot. Again, one afternoon, Beth heard her doorbell, and on her doorstep were the same missionaries, wilting in the hot sun. 
Can we have some water? One of them asked. Hello, replied Beth. I was thirsty and you gave me drink, of course. Please come in. The young men drank their water, thanked her, and left. Beth never saw them again, but those missionaries have never left my mind because their, fo their story fo forces me to examine my own heart and the way its doors sometimes stay stubbornly closed. If you or I knew that a stranger was suffering from thirst outside our door, wouldn't we readily bring them water? But in order to offer that hospitality, we would first have to identify ourselves, sometimes in inconvenient or uncomfortable ways, as helpers, as willing to offer kindness or connection to someone we might not know. Of all the doors they'd knocked on in all the neighborhoods in Beth's town, a pair of devoted Mormons sought help from Beth, not just because she had embodied the religion of kindness, but also because she risked opening her door to them the first time they visited. I may have shared this story with you before, but I'm if so, I'm not ashamed to share it again. I dragged my family, my young family at that time, to a Unitarian Universalist congregation many years ago with some trepidation. And we sat down, and in my mind, it was all blah, 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 blah until I heard someone, I don't even remember if it was the minister, if it was the worship associate, who said, and no matter who you love, you are welcome here. And I have to tell you that what I experienced in that moment was not the aha of a, you know, of a, of a victorious thought. It was a feeling inside my body, a feeling of joy and a feeling of recognition and a feeling that allowed me to take a deep breath and settle, settle into my seat and hear what was going on around me. See, I was thirsty. I actually didn't know how thirsty I was. I was lonely. I had a family, I had a busy work life, I had friends, I had all these people in my life, but I was lonely in a very particular way that one can be lonely when one's spirit is being starved. And if you had asked me, what do you need to hear or experience in order not to be lonely, I couldn't have answered that question. I didn't know until I heard it. I didn't know until I felt that in some way I had come home. Every time I remember that moment, it actually still brings tears to my eyes.
In the months and years that I have been with you, many of you have shared your story with me. What you found, what you experienced, the ways in which somebody or something gave you a drink of water on a hot day when you came here. And in this service this morning, in various ways, Paul, with your testimonial, in various ways, we've been asking you to reflect on that and to remember that and to feel, perhaps to feel some of that again. You see, we say words of welcome every Sunday, and we say words of welcome that are similar to the words that I heard that day. And I don't know whether the person who said those words, again, I don't even remember who it was, but I don't know if that person was just saying the same thing that that person always said at the beginning of worship, or whether they knew that those words that morning were going to save somebody's life. And we don't know either. We don't. We don't know whether that smile or the silly palm tree or whatever it is that we do that we bring, the beautiful gifts that we share. We don't know. We don't know whose life we're going to save. And if you think I'm being dramatic, I'm not. Because of that day, because of that oasis that we found, my son Luke had the courage to live fully into his transgender identity without a Unitarian Universalist community to teach him about his goodness and about the fullness of his own life, he wouldn't have had that. So maybe it was two lives that were saved that day. Many of you know my husband, Mike, is chronically ill and quite disabled. And it has been a source of, I don't talk about this that much because it's not, it's but in this instance, it is. It has been a source of enormous pain for him and for us that his physical ability to do things is so impaired. And he doesn't like it when people dwell on that or treat him as though he were some kind of useless individual. He won't ask people for rides unless they're from our church, the church we still belong to. Because he knows that the people in that congregation will love him and they won't make him feel like he's being pitied. So maybe it was three lives that were saved. What I want to say to you this morning, my most Dearly beloved, is that if it hadn't been for a series of improbable coincidences and probably 17 flipping planets aligning perfectly, I never would have found out about Unitarian Universalism. 
Now, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't probably matter very much. I want you to give more generously than you ever have before, not because you love the people who are here, but because you love the people who aren't here yet. Do you hear me? Do you? Because you love the people who aren't here yet. I had a friend in seminary who was one of the, uh, I mean, you could, you know, count the UUs on less than half the fingers of one hand. She's been a minister now for a long time, and she said, oh, we can't evangelize. If we evangelize, we'll stop being countercultural. And I was like, yeah, counterculture us into oblivion. Woohoo! I was always sassy, but that's a fault, not a virtue. Evangelion, the Greek word for gospel and the source of the word evangelize, means good news. Do you keep good news to yourself? I'm asking you to give more generously than you ever have before because we have good news. Good news to take beyond our walls, not to force down people's throats, not to necessarily walk through neighborhoods handing out pamphlets. But if it takes the alignment of half a galaxy to get someone to find out who we are, something's wrong. How many of you came here because somebody invited, somebody you knew invited you? Dun, dun, dun. Let's invite people. Let's not only invite people, let's invite people we don't know we love yet. I'm praying that we will have the resources to, I don't know, drag ourselves into the 21st century digital revolution. <laughs> Share our good news. Share it faithfully. And not just ensure that what is here remains here, but that what is here abundantly renews itself. A lot of people in this world who are thirsty right now. Amen. Ashe and blessed be.